This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series every Tuesday and Friday at 5pm Tuesdays. I'm joined by a guest and Fridays as it is today, I'm joined by absolutely no one because the stars of the show are you guys in the chat box. So let's get on with the show and talk about today's topic and get answering plenty of your questions over the next hour. Now, our show is, of course, sponsored by Football Prizes. A massive thank you to them, as always, for sponsoring our Let's Talk Arsenal show. And this week's prize, the signed Patrick Vieira shirt with Certificate of Authenticity, is running out in just two and a half hours' time. So if you've not got your ticket entered into the draw for this week's prize, please make sure you do. There is uh, just about 30 tickets or so, remaining 40 tickets, left so actually there's quite a good chance if you were to buy a ticket to to get one and uh and get a really good chance of winning this week and it's a massive prize of course patrick vieira's signed shirt uh, a fantastic one to uh to get and, and hang up on your wall so make sure you get a ticket halfway through the show we will of course be revealing which one of our members has won the free entry expert members tgt ambassadors in the discord server you have 30 minutes to get your number into the specific channel, the Football Prizes channel, to make sure you are entered. Anyway, let's get on with today's show. Now, I have an apology to start off with. If I am short of breath, uh, I literally about half an hour ago came back from my me getting trying to get fit again, ahead of, obviously, me getting married next year. I want to get to a level of fitness and a level of slimness, if you want to use those words, uh, by next summer. So we're back on the fitness train, trying to get back. So I did my first 5K for a good like fair few, couple of months now because I injured my ankle. as I, I'm just injured, perpetually injured all the time. Um, and on my second try of running, I twisted my ankle and I was out for two months. But that was my first run, and it was 
a bit of a killer. I'm still wheezing. <laughs> so, yeah, I just try to beat my my time every single time, which makes things go obviously, yeah, a little bit short of breath. So apologies if one I need to take a couple of breaths, and two if I keep going for my drink, which I'm, I am going to be doing throughout the show. So let's talk about the starting topic, which is the mistakes, the errors, the consistent. <laughs> things that basically Arsenal players have been doing over recent weeks, months, years, decades, um, <laughs> leading to some really obvious goals. Um, we saw it against Olympiacos last night with the Ceballos and Leno situation. We saw it against Burnley with the Xhaka and Leno situation. We've seen it with the red cards we give away. We've seen it with the, the stupid mistakes where we dive into challenges and give penalties away over the last few seasons. Um and it's really irritating. Like it's really annoying. It's really horrible that this keeps on happening to us. And and this kind of first part of the show, I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion with you guys about that, where you think the problem lies. I'm gonna give you my thoughts and you can ask some questions based upon this this topic because it is really frustrating. Um, and I'm well aware, and I had a couple of people tweet me saying, like, we won yesterday. Why are we talking about this? And the Let's Talk Arsenal show, it's, it's it's not about the last result. It's about talking about specific things that come up in the world of Arsenal. And this is one of those things that I thought is a good thing to discuss because it, it is happening quite often. It's happening, it's, it's, key, it's happening in terms of our luck this season has obviously not been great. And it's something that I keep bringing up. And I know that people get a little bit irritated because they think it's, it's about excuses. But there is an element of luck this season that's not gone our way. But there are some things that we have we've shot ourselves in the foot continuously, regularly. And, and that is something that needs to change dramatically. We really genuinely do need to change it. And I want to talk about how we obviously move on from that. And I want to get your thoughts. So in the chat box... What needs to change for these things not to happen? I know it's a very easy comedic response to go get rid of you, you and you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that, in fact. But genuinely, what is the main issue? What is the crux of this problem? Why is this happening? Let me know your thoughts in the chat box and uh, and we'll go through some of your comments. I'm just going to scroll up to the, sh- uh, the top to say hello to some people in the chat box this afternoon slash evening or morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, hello, Zamir. Uh, say he blames Xhaka and Louise. Daniel Robert, no surprise, blames Bellerin uh, for these instances. Uh, Javier says, I blame the water boy. Uh, it's the bloke's job to, ye- to yell punt it when the opposition is pressing. Yeah, it's, it's a take I've not heard before, Javier. I'll be honest. Um, but at least we're spreading the blame to the non-playing staff as well at the club. Steve Stone says the manager has to take full responsibility as he is the one who manages this stream. So therefore, we should blame Tom, says Steve. Well, thanks, Steve. It's a very kind-hearted way of you to, to blame me. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, always blame Tom. Wise words to live by. Yes, I just... I... Blame me. <laughs> so it's always going to be me somehow, obviously. Um, Ed's Easy Isle says, last night Bellerin was wide open for an easy pass, but overall we have error-prone players in too many of our positions. Steve Stone says, one-touch football is required to beat a high press. Two-touch and you are dead. Hovik says, greetings from Armenia. Greetings, Hovik. Good to have you in the chat, mate. Says, I blame Arteta because of the, in, uh, the insistence to play from the back at all times. Ebenezer says the players don't have the speed of thought to play that style. Only Partey and perhaps El Elneny can get out of those specific passing situations. Matthew Hudson says most fans think it's Lennon's fault, but it's split among former players 
in who was at fault. And Tom says, I think the issue is psychological. As these are decision-making issues, Arteta needs to focus in changing Leno's mindset. Now, there is, of course, in each incident, you can go through it and you can say that, yeah, it's your fault. You you should not have you should not have either passed it to that pl- that person in that position, or you can blame the person who loses the ball, i.e., Xhaka against Burnley or Sabios against Olympiacos. And then there's another route where you can say that it's the coach's fault. The coach wants these guys to play out from the back every single week, every single game, all the time, because we've scored from these situations. It's how we build up our players, how we beat the press. It's how we get teams into uncomfortable positions where they commit too many players forward to try and win the ball back. We pass around them and we've got a much simpler route towards goal. It's not a, t- it's not a tactic which... <laughs> is is like criticized in the sense that not many people do it it's not like a new thing it's not something which is breaking new grounds playing out from the back is something that has been gradually developed through originally or originally you talk about Cruyff's Barcelona and gradually that was obviously taken on by Pep Guardiola at Barcelona and he's kind of taken that through all of the clubs that he's been at um, but there's loads of managers that, that try to play out from the back as much as possible because lumping it up the pitch, especially as a side like Arsenal with not too many physical tall players to win the ball, often means you lose possession and then suddenly you're under the cosh again. And you want to try and avoid that at all costs. I have no issue with Arsenal trying to play out from the back. I have no issue with Arsenal trying to play out of the back 99.9% of the time because, as we've said plenty of times, when it's done right... And when we do it successfully, it is really effective at beating presses, at uh, catching teams unaware, and at creating big, big chances. The issue is, is obviously, the players at the moment that we've got don't seem to be of the level required to do this. Now, Bernd Leno is, for me... I don't, and I stick to this last night. On last night's show, obviously, when I said whose fault was it in the case with the Sabile situation, I'd say about 90% of people would have said Leno. And they did say Leno in the chat. And I said, I have time to reflect on it and I'm going to think about it. And I have had time to reflect on it. And I genuinely still put the blame more towards Sabile than I do for Leno in that situation. And here's why. Leno is coached by Arteta to play the ball out from the back as much as possible. And yes, in common sense tells you to just lump it if you're under pressure. And I feel that players of the standard of Granite Xhaka, and you can make all the jokes you like, players of the standard of Granite Xhaka and, and Danny Ceballos should be able to take the ball and play the ball out and not make silly decisions in those moments. And the people that have tweeted out an image of Danny Ceballos being played the ball with four Olympiacos players around him, for me, that's not a problem because players uh, players are coached to do this, to try and improve, and they're put under pressure to, to get out of this. This is why they've got to the level that they have. This is why they're earning all this money every single week because they're professional footballers that should be able to deal with playing in those high-pressure situations. And Arsenal need to continue to try and do this. They need to continue to to try and get better in these situations because that is how Arsenal are going to get better as a team. Now, the thing is, is I don't believe that Danny Ceballos, Granit Xhaka are the best players to obviously do this with. But the problem is, is if you don't start ingraining this style into the players now, 
by the time you get the players to be able to do it with, it's going to take too long to, to acclimatise to this style and to this possession dominant, uh, playing out from the back, beating the high press type of style. And it is going to come with better players. We will be able to move on from the mistakes that we've seen when we have better players in the team. And that will come with hopefully the summer window and getting more players in the team like Thomas Partey and hopefully some better players next and alongside him to do it. I can't blame Leno for ultimately doing what the coach is asking him to do. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it's a very, in my view, and I mean this with the greatest amount of respect, but it's a lazy way, I think, to just blame the guy for doing what he's been asked to do. Passing to Sabios in that situation for me it's it's not a, it's not something that should be too concerned. Sabah should be able to deal with that situation. He should either be able to uh, flick the ball around the corner of the defender, take the ball away from the players. Just I I for me don't see how Leno can be blamed for doing something that he is coached to do. And if you want to blame Leno, then your target should be more towards Arteta than it should be Burnt Leno. It's not. And the amount of times that Emmy Martinez came up in the in the discussion in yesterday's watch along with you, based upon that, is frankly a joke because it doesn't matter which goalkeeper is in that position; he's being coached by the coach to do that, and that's where I have with that. Anyway, I'm going to have a scroll up of the chat and see what you guys are saying in response to it. And if you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. Just make sure you explain uh, your point in regards to it. Uh, Omar says, if Arteta wants to play from the back, why sell Martinez? <laughs> he is more comfortable on the ball than Leno um, because no one wanted to buy Leno in the summer for the price that we wanted to sell him at and Aston Villa came in with the money and we probably wouldn't have been able to sign the likes of Gabriel in the summer had we have not sold Martinez. That is the short answer, Mark. That is, that is the reason. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Um, Matt G says, I wonder if it's overtraining. Players have these rules drummed into them that they spend too much time thinking about it during the game. Uh, Daryl says, no one's to blame, but it will take time for this playing style to become efficient. Uh, Joe says, I feel that there has been no consequences to error or lapses for years under previous bosses. Style of play is a factor, but I feel it more of a case of simply turning out time and time, uh, sorry, tuning out time and time again you need to obviously ingrain this style into the players and that comes through mistakes mistakes are going to happen you saw the way that Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp both wanted to ingrain this style of play into their sides and Pep won nothing in his first season with Manchester City because it's taking time to acclimatize it's adding the players that need to add before you can start playing whatever system uh, Pep Guardiola wants to play and the same thing goes for Jurgen Klopp it wasn't successful at the start and he gradually had to build things up before he can get the right players and the amount of time needed for his system to be effective. Uh, Omar says, stop playing out from the back. We aren't prime Barcelona or Man City. But the thing is, Omar, is that you need to keep trying it. You need to keep doing it because sacrificing or just throwing that style away doesn't achieve anything and it wastes time and it wastes resources and energy that you've put into trying to train it up. It will get better. It is not just about chucking it in the bin. You need to gradually do it to get better at it. Ebenezer says, perhaps Arteta has been influenced by his City days and trusting these players to do the right thing. Sadly, we don't have the Rodriguez and Gundawans and Edisons of this world. Uh, Matt says, Pep has done this for some time. Difference is they will spend to get the right players in doing this. 
EG, Pep Drop, Joe Hart, and Bravo. Bravo was ironically brought in, though, as a player that could play out from the back. They brought him in because from his time playing in La Liga with Barcelona and prior to that, I think it was uh, I think it was Real Sociedad, um, he was a player that played out from the back, that used his feet, and that's why they got him. That's why he replaced Joe Hart. Eventually, they went out and got Edison as a much more kind of uh, high-profile, uh, sorry, not high-profile, high potential player with that skill ingrained from an, a really early age. Matthew says uh, the coach can say all he wants. The players make the decisions on the field. Two goals we scored yesterday were individual moments. They weren't done through tactics. Matthew, I actually disagree with you. Uh, the first goal especially came from the style of play by getting it and using the wings. Yes, the actual goal comes from a moment of brilliance and a great shot, but that style to push the ball out from the back, to use the wings, to cut the ball back inside, to create that opportunity to shoot does come from tactics. The individual moment and the brilliant strike, you would say it's not a tactical piece of genius, but getting the ball into that situation where he can take that shot is all about tactics. It's all about tactics. Um, and the Elneny thing is about tactics too, because you've got players making runs to draw players away and open up the space for Elneny to drive forwards. That it's, it is all about tactics, unfortunately. I say unfortunately, because I know that people don't want to give credit at times to tactics when goals like that happen. But creating the space, creating the movement, dragging players away, finding the open space and the opportunities to take the shot comes through the style of play that we've got. It's just, that's how it is. Um, I'm going to scroll a bit further down. Uh, Dark Druid says, who hasn't been in the chat for a while, so welcome back, mate. Uh, it says, every training video, they show this passing drill to do this type. Yeah, as again, it's, it's something they keep doing over and over again. Daryl says, it took City a season or so to get this right under Pep. Don't worry, it will come good. You'll notice it's our less talented players that are making these mistakes uh back to the tropic uh back to the topic says uh, said back to the tropics there uh if you look at leno's position in that play uh him and gabriel were in their own back two and gabriel got sucked uh in more centrally allowing the player to curl it past him i can't look too much at gabriel he's he's in a really horrible situation put in there by his keeper um tom says tom it's not just about hoofing the ball forwards it's about picking the best target for the pass not one that isn't already surrounded by opponents before the pass is made. But, Tom, the thing is, and I really implore you to go out, if you haven't already, you may have already seen this documentary, but if you've not seen Take the Ball Past the Ball, which is a documentary made by Graham Hunter and uh, Backpage Press about Pep Guardiola's time at Barcelona, that the style of play is built around passing to players that are in spaces that are under high pressure. Now, the obvious retort to that to say is, well, we don't have the Iniestas, the Messis, the Xavis of this world. And that's true. We don't. We don't have those players. But the thing is, is that you can still train and coach players to play a certain style and gradually and, yeah, but through the, the adding of quality players like we've seen at Man City with Pep Guardiola, to do it and to train that style and to train that play. That pass into Ceballos will have been taught. It's because if you can get players to close down Ceballos and if he can successfully turn out and play in the, the likes of Bellerin or Tierney on those sides, they then have a lot more space because the players around Ceballos have been drawn to him. So the it wasn't necessarily about it being the wrong pass. Coming from a tactical perspective, playing it into Ceballos there is fine. Xhaka... 
I have more of an issue with the Xhaka situation because he dropped in too deep. He actually closed the space down between him and Leno. That in itself, I have more of an issue with. But Sabas was much further away from goal. Obviously, so was Leno and further out in the pitch. But Xhaka closed the space down. That's more of the mistake he made. The pass was made to the point where we put ourselves under too much pressure. And then the ball out from Xhaka was obviously absolutely dreadful. But it's it's not the wrong pass. It's it's not the wrong pass to play to Sabas there because if you can if you can drag players into him and and, and drag the, uh, the 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 situation makes it so that if the players close Sabas down, he's able to successfully turn out and play in one of the fullbacks. They've then got increased amounts of space and time to then drive the ball forwards and other players in that position. It can work, but it's just that's just the problem. Unfortunately, that that's just the issue that we've got right now. Um, there was a super chat from Janice. It's going to read that out. Thank you ever so much, mate. Always, always supporting the channel, and I really appreciate everything you do for it, mate. I really do. Um, he says, "I really don't understand it. People hate on Leno. In my opinion, I might get ruined for this comment, Janice. Try doing a show every single day where you put out opinions that everyone doesn't agree with. <laughs> try that. So don't. It's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion on the show." Says Janice. Says Leno is good enough to challenge. For top honours. And I agree with you. I think that Leno is a good enough keeper to be in a side that is challenging. I mean, he's already won titles. Like, I really struggle with the idea behind Leno not being good enough. And if Le and I don't believe the fact that if Leno is fit, he makes it through the rest of the season. And Martinez had a really good end to that last campaign um, and a really good kind of last 10 games. But I would back Leno to be as good as Martinez in those games, 100%, because he's shown it. He has absolutely shown it in regards. To, and that's why, I mean, when he's he's challenging for me already and he's considered to be one of the better goalkeepers in the Premier League easily, alongside Martinez. This isn't about bashing Martinez. It's about appreciating two good goalkeepers, not just looking at one. Um David Keith says, Tom, I always agree with you, mate, but Leno does not fit what Arteta wants. Players need confidence in the goalkeeper and I feel they do not trust him. I, I disagree, David. I, th I think they do. I think Leno has pulled off untold amount of good saves for Arsenal. And under Unai Emery, when we were playing a really odd system that allowed other sides to have so much of a dominant display against us and we had so many shots facing our goal, Leno dealt with those situations. Leno got us out of so many so many troublesome uh, things people unfortunately and Arsenal fans in general can be very kind of short-term memory in regards to players across the boards and I think we're very very quick to forget some of the successes that these players have and have had already and then people go turn around and say you're only as good as your last game I get that idea I understand it but that does then for me go it makes it really difficult to, to not appreciate a player and what they are in the context of their whole time at a club. Uh, Nazar says, just sell Leno and buy back Emmy for 40 million. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matthew says, okay, Tom, I hear you. I see those individual moments. And it is about those individual things that it is ultimately. Uh, Jody says, uh, Arteta cannot copy the Man City way of playing out, of the, uh, playing out from the back every single time. Man City have really good technical players that cost a lot of money, which we don't have and never will under Kroenke. It's a, more going to be a gradual process for Arsenal. I don't think you should sacrifice your philosophy because of, um, because of limitations that, for me, aren't necessarily... Like, they're not a cut-off point for me. 
the limitations that we have by the player quality are not enough that I would say you abandon this style because I think that we've shown from the goals that we've scored and the successes that we've had with this style that it can get better. And when we add gradually add better players, it will get even better. And it will get more, it will get even, it will accelerate because we've been trying it for so long and because we've been trying to perfect it and we've been coaching it and training with it, that it will get increasingly better over time. It's just for me, that's a fact. And if we'd have sacrificed this style of play, we would not be any better off because the alternative is to lump it. That is the alternative, is to try and lump a ball down to the wide areas or up to a, a big physical striker, which we don't have, or to one of your midfielders. That's that's the alternative. And it's not more successful. You're not getting it's so much more. It's it's the chance, the probabilities of scoring from just lumping up the pitch decrease dramatically in comparison. Yes, the risk in terms of not making a silly mistake at the back will obviously decrease, but the amount from trying to play out from the back will be massively higher in frequency than just lumping it up the other end of the pitch. It's just fact. Um Zamir says, JD, I disagree. We can get those technical players, but I don't think you can say we'll never have them. We've had them previously, like Santi, Sesk, Ramsey. Yeah, 100%, mate. Uh, Noah Wheeler says, Lano is one of the best shot-blocking goalkeepers in any league. He needs to figure the, be- uh, the positioning out when passing from the back, but that can be learned. It is certainly something that can be learned. It's certainly something he will get better at. Um, Michael says Leno does not fit the style. He's been playing this style even when he was at Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, Drew would be much, much better to, to talk to about that. But I know that Drew has questions about the way that he doesn't marshal his defence very well. But I've personally seen improvement in Leno's passing. I know that we've seen two mistakes in two games. But I have seen improvement from him over the context of his entire career at Arsenal. I think it certainly has improved. Um, Zamir says decision making on the pitch will become better when we have better players plus some continuity in the squad players have to play to develop that chemistry Um, (laughs) Daniel Roberts says it's Mike's fault and I would just like to of course wish if you haven't already sent uh, our good friend Mike at the Gooners pod on Twitter a massive happy birthday of course Uh, it is his birthday today and it is Kenny Ken's as well so happy birthday to Kenny also uh, Daryl says in the press conference, Arteta suggested the key uh, to this is when the pass, uh, when they pass the ball out from the back. I don't think he's telling the players to do this every time. Um, maybe so. And and that is the case. Obviously, we've seen a, a, quite a lot of persistence in trying to pass the ball out from the back. And that's where I think we get this idea of we're always, always trying to do it. Jenny says, yes, we can get good technical players, but takes a long time to do it. By the time we get good midfield players, the attack might need new players and so on, and the cycle repeats. The JD, why I disagree with you there is because I actually think that we've got a lot of young players at the club in certain positions. We've got young players that are coming through that are of a high level in the attack when you've got Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe uh, and hope maybe we keep Erdegaard or we'll sign another player of the same similar kind of age. At the back, you've got Kieran Tierney. We've got Saliba coming back, Mavropanos coming back. You've got Holding and... Uh, You've got Holding and Marie and Gabrielle, all young, uh, obviously Holding and Marie are in their mid-20s, but they're young enough that you've got seasons to add quality in other positions. And I still think we probably could add maybe um, players, obviously right back at centre midfield, at striker. I genuinely don't think the gap 
in the positions that we need is that great. And if you sign a really good quality right back, a quality centre mid, a quality striker, and of course we want to add another attacking midfielder. It could be Erdogan in the summer. It could be someone else. But there's four players there. And in a summer in which we could move on a lot of possible players in terms of all the players we've talked about in the past, and we'll probably do a video on that at some point, there is the scope for me to say that there is the opportunity to do it because of the youth that's coming through. Um, Mr. Joe Kerr says, we can appreciate that PFB has risks playing out from the back. We're coining this now. We're abbreviating it, the PFB. Um, we have players that have errors in them. The manager that is still learning as he goes, it could just be a trial and error until there are improvements. And it is not going to get wildly better until we can add better players into the team. It's just a fact. Until you can't add better players, you see the impact on clubs like West Ham. You add certain players in certain positions. You add a Kufal, a Suchek, a Bowen, even a Jesse Lingard on loan for six months to that West Ham side and you look at them shoot up the table. You look at Aston Villa and the positions that they've added in. If clubs are able to add players that dramatically improve on what they've already got, that is how you do it. And the problem with Arsenal, and we've talked about this time and time again, is that uh, consistently up until probably the summer of 2019, 2020, um, and even then, it was only through Gabriel and Tierney that we looked at. We still made mistakes, in my view, with Louise. Um, and we made a mistake with, obviously, the Pepe situation. But then you look at 2020, and we've obviously signed um, Thomas Partey, and we've signed Gabriel Maglahaj. Um And that, for me, shows that there's change. And they are players. You can't say that Tierney wasn't better than what we had. Partey wasn't better than what we had. Gabriel wasn't better than what we had. Martinelli wasn't a really good young potential player coming through. We are starting to add players that improve on what we've already got at the club. That is, for me, a very clear thing to look at. You look prior to that and you look in the prior summers to, the, to when we've signed players, and that's not the case. It's really not the case. Even in like the first summer of, of um, Unai Emery, Lucas Torreira comes in, He's had a decent season at Sampdoria, but over time he showed that he wasn't necessarily better than already got. I think he was hard done by because he was played out of position for the latter part of his time while he was still is at the club. Genduzi didn't upgrade on what we had. Um, Lichsteiner, of course, definitely didn't. Socrates didn't. You're going back further. Um, Mustafi didn't upgrade on what we'd already got. Lacazette. Has Lacazette upgraded on Olivier Giroud? You might have thought that he would have done with what his gold record was, but has he ultimately upgraded on what... Has Lacazette given any more than what Olivier Giroud give, gave us over that time? No. Aubameyang is certainly a player that did. Alexis is another player that did. Ozil, for a part of his career, is certainly a player that did. But there are very few examples where consistently the players that we're adding to the team are not upgrading significantly not just marginally getting better but significantly better like Partey is a significantly better center mid than what we've had yeah he's had a couple of poor games he's been injured for a lot of the season we're going to see a dip but he is on paper and in what he's shown in the past significantly better than what we've had previously Abamyang is a significantly better striker than what we've had in the past. Tierney, better at left-back. And we need to continue that trend of adding players that are significantly better so that when we want to play out from the back and we want to go back to this style and we come full circle to come back to this point, we then have the capacity to do it. 
And I hope that makes sense. That rounds off the first half of this show, which means we do come to the stage of the show where we uh, are going to draw out the winning number of one of our expert members, um, their prize or their free entry to win the prize for tonight's uh, draw. So let's uh, do that now. Let's get a random number generator up. If you've got, obviously, while we're doing this, an idea, a question for the next topic, of course, I would love for you to throw that into the chat box and we might be able to discuss your topic on the show. But anyway, let's get up this random number generator and uh, here we go. Now, how many people have entered this week? How many numbers have we got? 17 is the number of numbers we've got. So 17 members this week have the opportunity at winning. We're going to click this five times and the winning person will get a free entry. Two, three, four, four, and five. Number 17. And that is Ed. I think this is I think this is a second time. Ed has won for two weeks. In a row. That is unbelievable stuff. Fantastic. Congratulations to Ed, number 17. Did I click it six times? Oh, no. This is going to cause controversy. <laughs> um, 17 is the winning number. I'm pretty sure. Did that come up? I hope it came up on the screen for you guys. Um, did I? Have I done the wrong screen? Oh, no. <laughs> I've done the wrong screen. I'll just go up so I can show you it did actually land on 17. Um, oh, that's the wrong screen again. Come on, there it is. No, <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get so many pelters for this. Um, let me show you. It's 17. There it is. It is 17. <laughs> it was 17. I can promise you. It is right there. <laughs> it is not rigged. It was Ed. Ed has absolutely won this. Congratulations. Stop being salty in the chat and congratulate Ed on the free entry into this week's draw. Uh, for the prize and uh congratulations to him <laughs> so much stick for that we didn't see it live i know on my screen i saw it live uh, and i showed you the screen afterwards so there you go uh we've hold on it was 17 i've just got to check through var it was 17 and we know that var is a hundred percent guaranteed to give you the right result so there you go it's it's it was 17 it's <laughs> i'm really sorry that you didn't see it live but uh but yeah and uh, i did show it to you afterwards so congratulations to ed and uh, you can find obviously your uh free entry i'll send you the number of what you are in the chat box afterwards mate um, but congratulations on that and uh there we go um moving on to the next topic Mr. Joe Kerr says, Tom, when we are looking at potential recruitment, do we identify players for a specific goal? So top four or Europa, or do we look to simply raise the overall generic level of the squad? This is a really good question. Before I answer it, as I say, if you've got a question to ask in the show for the next 30, 29, 28 minutes or so, this could be anything regarding Arsenal. It can be something to do with online stuff. Of course, we do like to get into kind of the deep stuff on social media, uh, some of the controversies. So if you do have a question uh, for about Arsenal on the pitch, off the pitch, social media, get it into the chat box, and we're going to try and answer as many of them as feasibly possible. Um, I think ultimately, Joe, that you have to look to upgrade on the position. It doesn't need to be about the competition. It doesn't need to. The only thing I would say is that when you're looking at the competitions, going to the Premier League, you look at the player that you're targeting. When you sign the player, is he a player that would get into other top six sides in the Premier League? 
That must be a barometer because that's what we've started to do. We've started to do this at the club. And you look at Partey. Does Partey get into the other sides in the top six? Yes, he does. Does Kieran Tierney get into other top six sides? Yes, he does. Does Gabriel Magalhaes get into other top six clubs? Yes, he does. And that's what we need to be looking at, is signing players that get into those other teams. And that's what we need to do going forwards. So that's the only kind of competition-linked reason that I would give you for that instance. Um, Janice, stop calling me Todd. <laughs> Matt G says, if Genduzi was as good as Vieira, do you think Arteta would uh, and fans forgive his attitude problems? Another good question, Matt. And honestly, I don't know. It... it I feel like if Genduzi was good and it was at that level, his like his performances would justify his reason to stay, and that it wouldn't need, we wouldn't need to worry about some of that. And I also don't think that some of the best players in the world don't have those issues. Like you have players that have big personalities, like Cristiano Ronaldo, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But these guys, whilst they have these sides, their personality that is obviously. Uh, hubristic, which is arrogant, which is very um, abrasive at times, they put in 110% effort and they work their socks off and they know what lane to stay in and they try to obviously work with the team and do what's best for the team as, as much as feasibly possible. And I know that there are some moments where the likes of Ronaldo doesn't do that, but Kenduzi's not on that level where you can even justify not playing him. He's just simply not that level for me. Uh, Dan Roberts says, uh, how do you feel about Enketia playing for the under-23s tonight? Needs minutes. Give him the minutes. Um, maybe it will raise his value slightly. He can get more time. Clubs can have more of a look at him. But he's not going to be getting in the first team, Dan. It's as simple as that right now. So I don't blame the club for going down that route at all. Uh, Alex says, any reason why Mikel keeps changing the centre-back pairing? I understand that the defence has got better, but rotating near enough every single game isn't sustainable getting good results. Alex, I think that I think it's because we've actually got a lot of players around similar-ish levels that there's no like outright best partnership. I think the best partnership we've got right now is either Gabriel or Marie with David Luiz. That is the best partnership that we've got because both of them have done really well when playing next to Luiz. That is true. And holding has been, if anything, a little bit ousted by David Luiz at the end of this season. I think it's also opened the door for William Saliba to come back next season, have a real shot at that right centre-back role as well. So I think there is opportunities for him next season. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have a look at that. Uh, Dan says, can we have an FPL update? Remind me at the end of the show, uh, and we will look at the FPL. Yo-Yo uh, says, Henderson wouldn't have gotten into any top six side, but Klopp found him a role for this side. Same with Moses Alonso under Conte. And I think that we're finding that with other players in Arsenal squads. I think that Arteta will find roles for players in teams that you wouldn't necessarily say would get into other sides, but he's fine. We will find a role for those players too. Um, Daniel, uh, Daryl, sorry, Bruni says uh, Kesse and Partey would be a formidable partnership. Kesse would cost so much money, but yeah, 100%. 100%. Samir says uh, Thierry Henry was arrogant, still is, <laughs> but he's the best striker in the Premier League and has been the best striker in the Premier League. You, I don't think you can be successful without arrogance in, in any walk of life. I think you need to temper it. I think you need to measure it in certain situations. It's something that I've learned personally and, and, and try. you have to try and limit that. 
but I don't think you can succeed without having that self-confidence and that self-belief that you need to be better than the other people around you to succeed. It is certainly something. There are ways about going about it without being too far over the line uh, and reining it in at the right times, but I, you have to. And the most the most successful people in the world will have elements of arrogance about them. It's, for me, it is just fact. It's just how it is. Um, Zamir says, who is this Kessie fella? Is he any good or had he a one-off great performance uh, at Old Trafford like El Messi? Um, no, Kessie is a, a young guy um, in midfield coming through at AC Milan. I think they got him from Atalanta and Atalanta produce and, and have not even only produced, but they sign some good players and then they sell them on um, to go on to good things too. And, and he has been really good since since going there and he has helped them in their title challenge this season so no it's not just a case of a one season wonder he's someone that's gradually getting better and has got a high ceiling as well uh, mr joe curse is a think back over the last six seasons what one event or incident would you change for me it's allowing atletico to get back into that semi-final in the first leg it's a big shout um joe it's a big big shout Event or incident over the last six seasons? So we're going back to 2015-16. It's a really good question because there's obviously a lot. Do you know what? <clears throat> and this might shock a few people, but it's more recent. The Wolves game. That that famous Wolves game this season where the David Luiz, William Jose incident, if that doesn't happen and we manage to get a second goal, and we don't go down to 10 men, and we don't have everything that happens, after that game, we're sixth. We're sixth in the table. I know there will be other teams with other points and games in hand. I really believe that we don't go into that Aston Villa game with the mentality that we did. Where we, I don't think that mistake would happen. I think we'd be more on a game. I think the momentum would be there. That is so painful for me, that game really, really painful. And it's really difficult to get over the, the Wolves game from this season. I thought it was a turning point. I thought we'd built up ahead of steam. I thought we'd really turned things around since um, Boxing Day. And we've only lost three games since Boxing Day. Uh, one of those was obviously Wolves, uh, Aston Villa and, and Manchester City. Uh, and in the league I'm talking about. And yeah, that Wolves game, if we win it and that doesn't happen and it's just, I really think this season's different and, and things will be really different after that. Um, Janice says, how can we become the next AS Monaco in regards to being a conveyor belt of world-class youth talent? Um, the thing is this, and I understand, and I've talked about kind of the RB model, the Leipzig model, the Salzburg model, and I think, and the Dortmund model in a way as well, where you, where you, Earth, some really good young talent. And I think that Arsenal are going to be doing that. I don't think that we necessarily need to go down that route as much as I used to. And the reason why is because I don't think Arsenal are in a position to do that. Um, I don't think we're in the league where you can do that. I think that the Bundesliga, you can have clubs like RB Leipzig that can churn out talent, sell that talent onto other leagues and remain competitive and remain Champions League um, qualification contenders, top four contenders. You can't do that in the Premier League as well. The fact of the matter is, and what you do need to change, though, is Arsenal need to get better at selling. We need to get better at selling that when we move players on, we get a lot of money for them, that we get their good market value. And we need to take a note out of our own book with the likes of Alex Awobi, Oxlade-Chamberlain. We need to get better at selling. 
that that is what we need to do. I don't think we need to go and copy the models of RB and of Monaco and of to a lesser extent because I don't think it applies as much. But uh, Borussia Dortmund, but we just need to look at those clubs for the, how they sell players and and how we sell players. You look at other clubs like Chelsea and how they sell players. That's what we need to get better. That's what we need to do better. That that's for me. Um, Anthony says, Wolves was minor compared to Madrid. If we win that, the last three years would be different. It's true, and but that's the first leg of that game. Like the second leg, Atletico dominated us in that game. Yeah, not letting them get back in, not getting that away goal would have been great. Would have been huge. Um, and I, I missed the game. I was, I was, um, I'm, that's one of the few games in the last six years I've not seen. Um, I watched the second leg, obviously with real frustration, but the first leg I missed, and there's something, I know that it's, it has absolutely no bearing, but for me, and I can be a little bit superstitious at times, I we don't win games that I miss. <laughs> it very, very, very rarely happens that if I miss a game, we win it. And I blame myself. <laughs> I really do. That's why I really genuinely try all of my, in all the world, never to miss a game. I know it's completely superstitious, but I genuinely, every time I miss a game or I can't watch one, there'll be times where uh, I've gone um, with the other half and they've got a ticket to go um, elsewhere. And like, if I've, I've once like dragged her to an Arsenal game. And so in return, she has to drag me to a Charlton game and, and, it would just coincide that the two games that I've ever gone to watch Charlton with her because of paying it back, because, you know, this is what relationships are about, guys. It's about giving and taking. And it's <laughs> it's about making sure that if you drag your Charlton supporting girlfriend to an Arsenal game, that you are going to have to ultimately do the same in the other direction. It's all about give and take. But every single time I ever miss an Arsenal game, it's because... <laughs> we always lose every single time. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. But I haven't missed one in a while. I haven't missed an Arsenal game in a, in, in a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, but we still managed to miss. But now it's that if I don't do the watch along with Hugh, we do really poorly. <laughs> so we have the Burnley game. We have the, uh, the Southampton game. We have other things. So yeah, dearing me. Yeah, I am. I am convincing myself. I am convincing myself now. It's just how it is. Uh, Ian says, don't you think Arsenal does not do enough to improve our academy? I having same philosophy of the senior squads. Uh, they do do that, uh, Ian. They do try and play with uh, as best. They try and move the philosophy so you transition into the first team from the youth side. We do do that. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, or so that we can sell or promote youth to our senior squad, in my opinion, it's not good enough. I think when you look at the youth academy and you look at how we've had Awobi and Saka and Smith Rowe and Nelson and Nketiah, we've had a lot of players come through. Some have been successful, some have been sold, some have not been sold. Um, some have broken into the first team and stayed there. I think that I don't think you're giving it enough credit in a way. I still think there is a room for improvement, yes, but I, I do think actually it's it's a little bit understated, to be honest. Uh, Gary says, who do you prefer at 10? I prefer, I personally prefer Emil Smith-Rowe because he gives us more movement and he presses more. I genuinely think that 
Erdogan has done fantastic. And I think that Smith Rowe has more versatility to play in a wider role and a more free role and a more fluid role. And I think in that game that we played against Leeds, that Erdogan and uh, Smith Rowe worked in tandem really well. And actually, Sabios worked with them as well really well uh, alongside Granite Xhaka, of all people. So that, I think that system can work. I think Sabah, Smith-Rowe and Odegaard can play together. And I think that can become really fluid and really, really um, kind of the, the synergy between those three can work. So I prefer for now, uh, Odegaard's done nothing to say that he doesn't deserve to be there is the, is the honest answer from me uh, regarding that. Uh, and so, uh, Antonio Banks says, what is your thoughts on the interview with Mislintat and The Athletic? Uh, a few things from it. The fact that he talked about Mavropanos so highly um, was a great, great piece of news that they want him for next season. He's doing really well. Maybe either there's two school, there's three routes with the issue. Either send him out on loan next season again and let him develop further because he might not have a place and you let Saliba come back and get his time. You sell him and get a decent fee because he's done really, really well. Or you'd bring him back and you integrate him and you get him playing in the Arsenal team. That was a really good bit. The other stuff I've kind of heard before and I already knew uh, regards to Raul Sanyehi and how they employed Edu. And because they employed Edu, that basically meant that he went for that role and because he didn't get it, he wanted to leave. I have a lot of regrets about Sven Mislintat. I know a lot of people don't necessarily rate him because he brought in the likes of Socrates. But I think he signed other players and he found other players like, like Gendouzi. I have my, 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 my reservations about Gendouzi, but as a talent and as a young guy, came into the Arsenal team and got his debut on his first Premier League game against Man City. He found him. Um, Mavropanos, uh, Terrell, we already talked about, uh, helped to sign a Bamiyang, obviously. I think that we missed a trick in letting him go uh, and maybe recruitment would be different. So you never know. You never know. Um, Noah says, what's the best possibility to actually get Odegaard? Buy in the summer or loan again with a buy option? I think the second one. I think the second one is is probably the um, the better, not better, but the most likely. And which option works best for us right now? Obviously, the option, the loan with option would save us a lot of money to spend elsewhere. So I would personally do the loan with the option or the loan with the obligation. So yeah, that that's where I personally... Anthony says he found Martinelli. Uh, no, he didn't. Actually, Francis Cajigal is is the one you should credit with finding Martinelli. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Michael says, Tom, every 4.30 a.m. game, I wake up to watch Arsenal. We lose the one time I did not wake up for the 4.30 a.m. game and we won. Um, so I think I'm the problem with these earlies. Michael, you've, you've dug yourself a grave and now we can all put, point the finger at you, fella. It's your fault, mate. It's, it's, uh, you've, you've put yourself in a hole there, son. Uh, Davin says, uh, why does it always look like Arsenal want to improve in certain positions and get their transfer targets, but then forget about the other problems in the squad? They never seem to get it right. Uh, I think that it's a case of in the past, we've never really been able to get it right and that as I've already mentioned in the show, that we're seeing change. We're seeing differences. We're seeing improvements. I think that's that's what we should focus on. Um, he also says that Stuttgart is doing great with Miz and Tats recruitment. There are some good assets in their squad who certainly will move on to bigger thing, uh, bigger things and bigger clubs in the future. I mean, uh, Wireless, uh, what's his name? Uh, Silas, sorry. Wamantigutka. Uh, the, is he, I think he's Congolese. 
he's having a really good season um, with them. He's like, a, he's, a, he's a forward that can play in a central striking role on the right-hand side. He's having a really good season. They signed a goalkeeper as well, begins with O that I can't remember. I think he's Swiss. He's been very good too. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good project for Sven, to be fair, because there's no there's not the same pressure that you have to sign players that are going to have an immediate impact. Because uh, um, at Stuttgart, you've got more of the the time uh, to to bring in players that might be able to have an impact at a lesser club like Stuttgart. I think it suits him really well, and I think that is ultimately what Stuttgart wants. And they've got a really good recruitment uh, head of recruitment, technical director, whatever you want to call him. That's that is it. Uh, the real Janice says I wanted Yusuf Atal before his major injury. Uh, has been following him since. Now, Janice, I have a few issues with Atal. I have issues with Atal like I have issues with Hakimi. Offensively, both of them have got a lot of credibility and they add a lot going forwards. Defensively, not so much. The right back that I want Arsenal to, to target needs to be someone that has upgra- will upgrade us in both the defensive and attacking third. That's why I like Nordi Mukiele um, at uh, RB Leipzig. That's why I like Emerson. At Red Bull, uh, Red Bull, I'm obsessed. Uh, at Real Betis, of course, co-linked with with Barcelona. Mukiele and Emerson are two players that I like a lot because I think they give you a lot in both ends of the pitch. The problem with Hakimi, the problem with Atal, is that both of them are very, very much the final third end of things, and probably are better, less so Atal than the two others I've mentioned. In the attacking third, Akimi is great going forwards, fantastic, top top class going forwards. But defensively, he leaves things exposed, and he suits playing a right wing back in a back three formation a lot better than he does a right back in a back four. I know that he's played there, and he's played at left back for Real Madrid in a back four, but it's just not the same. Um, and I think he's kind of sp- uh, he's specialised now more so in the right wing back position. That's my thoughts and feelings on that personally. Uh, Gregor Kobel, uh, Kobel, sorry, is the Swiss keeper. Thank you, Nico. Yes, he is. Um, there you go. Um, Anthony says, should everything go into the midfield fullbacks for the transfer window? Um, we should not have a starting midfielder who can't break into a top nine, top six, mate. Top six is what we need to target in. We need to be looking at players that upgrade on what we've got and that get into those other top six sides. Fact. Omar says, Tom, do you expect to see a clear out in the summer? I have a feeling it will happen. I think we're going to see the continuation of what we already seen, Omar. I think we're going to see players that he doesn't want moved on. I think you're going to see players like um, Lucas Torreira, Genduzi sold. I think you're going to see maybe Lacazette sold. Um, I think we're going to see maybe Bellerin moved on. Um, I think we're going to see some other players, Kalasanac sold. Uh, Chambers could be moved on. El Nenny could be moved on. Um, there's scope to move on a lot of players. And I think that he will continue in the same rhetoric to bring in players that are great on what we've got and that will get into other top six sides. Uh, Antonio says, why should Kimmich go to Arsenal? He shouldn't. He's playing more in midfield these days um, rather than at right back. He's never going to leave. He's, as as Noah says, he's like the Lama regen, although he's more to have a... Because um, they've obviously got Pavards and um, they signed Bunasar, which I kind of covered at right back if they need anyone to play there. Yo-Yo says, if you could recall any player that's out on loan early for the rest of the season, who would it be? I mean, 
I often forget all of the players that we send out on loan. You've got Saliba, you've got Mavropanos, you've got um, Genduzi, Torreira, um, you've got Maitland-Niles, Willock, Kalasinac. I would probably... You know, I'd weirdly bring back Lucas Torreira. I don't know why. <laughs> I just think that he would give us another option when Partey gets injured, that we could have Torreira. So, yeah, I probably would bring back Torreira, to be fair. Um, but good question. So, yeah, I'd go back. I'd go for Torreira, to be honest. Adriel Janice says, with so many clubs broke, I struggle to see... Oh, sorry, I've read the wrong question. <laughs> I'll get to your question, Yo-Yo, in a second. Um, Janice, thank you for the Super Chat, mate. says, I was asking if you've seen Atal since his injury, because I haven't. Um, yes, I have, because I've watched a lot of Saliba um, since, and... I, he kind of compounds my concerns. He's not consistent enough for me at all, and he he doesn't. These are horrible defensively, and Saliba and Tadebo have definitely helped with that. But yeah, Atal leaves them exposed a lot on that right hand side, and from watching Saliba, I'm I'm not as keen. I think a lot of people assess over him, unfortunately because he's, he was a little bit of a FIFA superstar. Um, and I think a lot of pe people gravitate towards him because of that, unfortunately. Uh, and being genuine, that genuinely people do this. It's just, it just it's what it, it's what happens. Yo-Yo says, with so many clubs broke, I struggle to see Arsenal getting much money for their departures, which is, to an effect, might be true, but you might be surprised with how much happens. Um, last couple of questions. So if you've got any pressing things, uh, Davin says, do you think Florian Neuhaus could be an improvement for Arsenal? Again, he's an incredible talent at Gladbach. Really, really is. I rate him as a centre midfielder. Uh, can play as a six, can play as a, a more reserved, not even less more reserved, he can play as an eight. Um, but I think that I look at this summer and I look at the youngsters that have come through and I look at some of the young 20-year-olds like Tierney and Gabriel. Um, and obviously you've got the players like Mavropanos and, and Saliba coming back. And I think that this is a summer where we need to look at mid-20s to, to, to mid to late 20s players that are prime, that are going to have an immediate impact. You look at the impact of Alan and Decore and Rodriguez at Everton, and I think we should be looking to bring in players that are going to have a big impact next season. And that will come from adding players like those guys, like the mid to, to late 20s. Yes, uh, Dan, the last thing we will do uh, is we will do a fantasy uh, checkup. Thank you for reminding me, mate. Uh, let's just get up the website and we can have a look at the league. I did not have a good week last week. It was not good uh, at all. Uh, I had three players with any returns. It was really bad. I did Captain Gundogan, who was one of my returns, thankfully, um, but it weren't great. At the top is a new uh, – one of what I have to say is the funniest names, considering the rhetoric of us. Tom Todd Hunter. Are you, are you taking the mick? Is this for real? Tom Todd Hunter. <laughs> that is hilarious. If that's actually your name, Tom, then it's brilliant. Brilliant. Let's have a look at your team. Um, did you use any of your cards? You didn't. Oh, wow. You've had a big week. Uh, who was your captain? Who was your captain? Oh, so you, what? That's weird. Okay. 
okay, that's weird. I don't really understand that. You captain Justin, you're vice captain De Bruyne, but you got you got Kane in your team, so I've got no respect for your son. <laughs> that's where we are. Anyway, where are we? I'm, I'm not. I can't be in the top fifty yet. No, still I've not broken into the top fifty. Where are we? Where are we? I am fifty eighth. I've gone down. I went down two places. Oh, dearie me, 48. I did really poor this week. Can have a look at my team. Really poor. Um, yeah, look at that. Three returns. Gundogan came back. Martinez came back and Fernandez came back on my bench. Left Walker-Peters on the bench. Terrible decision. I, I had a reason. I thought he wasn't going to be fit for the game uh, against, who was it they played? Uh, Sheffield. I didn't think he was going to be fit. So I thought he would come in for Man City and he didn't play in the Man City game or he came off the bench maybe. But did he even come off the bench? I don't think he even did that. So yeah, did not have the best week this week at all. Um, but yeah, no. Let's have a look at where Dan is uh, at the moment. Where is Dan? Dan uh, is 37th. Wow, doing very well, Dan. You're up two places, I think. Three, maybe maybe three places. You're doing exceptionally well, son. Fair play to you. Uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, you're all loving the Tom Top Hunter in the chat. Hilarious stuff. Anyway, there's your FPL update for the week. Uh, the link is in the description. The, the code is in the description if you want to join our league, of course. Uh, it's, it's towards the end of the season now, so I don't know what you get out of it. Um, but, yeah, there will be a prize for the winner. Um, so they need to get into contact with me at the end of the season. But that is going to round off today's show. If you've enjoyed it, please drop a like. It's so dark in here now. Jesus Christ, I didn't realise how dark it was. <laughs> it's, I haven't got a light on. Um, but thank you so much for listening, guys. We're back tomorrow uh, for the preview show, uh, and hopefully some of the members are going to get on it. Uh, Zamir is going to be on, um, and Abid is going to be on from the looks of things just by checking in. So I look forward to sorting out that for tomorrow's show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Drop a like, drop a subscription, join and help support the channel as a member if you would like. And I will see you again tomorrow at 3 p.m. UK time for the preview of the North London Derby. And make sure, if you haven't already, buy a ticket for the signed Patrick Vieira shirt over on Football Prizes. Link is in the description to the website. And good luck to Ed, who won our free ticket. I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the up. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.